Jesus oftentimes got away by himself to pray, and he was very effective. Peter was up on a roof one day praying, and he fell into a trance where God began to speak to him, told him, it's time to go bring the gospel to the Gentiles. So praying by yourself is okay because you can still be effective. But there's something about coming together as a body, as a church, because it's much more powerful. Because God can do more powerful things as a body together than God will do as a person praying by himself. Jesus says this in verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So if two or three can come together and be effective, imagine what a whole body, a whole church can do when they come together to pray. We see uh, an example of a praying church over in Acts chapter 12. Why don't you go there? Acts 12, beginning in verse 1. It says this. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. Now, Herod was not only a king, but he was a politician. He wanted to please the people. And he was also a puppet of the Roman government. So he wanted to please Rome as well. And his main responsibility was to keep peace in the region. But it was impossible because the Christian movement was going forth and it was disrupting everything in the region. So he wanted to stand behind the majority and the minority was the Christian movement. But the Christian movement was growing and increasing and spreading. And that was a concern to the religious leaders. And of course that was a concern to Herod, which is the reason why he went and killed James. And he saw that it pleased the people. He decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to do the same and get Peter and do the same to him. Now, it's interesting because there are people today that do not want to see the church progress. Are you hearing me this evening? And they'll do almost anything to keep the church from growing and, for, and, and fulfilling God's purpose and God's destiny. And we see that constantly. You know why? Because Satan hates the gospel. And Satan hates what the gospel can do for people, set us free. He doesn't like people coming together and disrupting everything that he's trying to do in this world. So naturally, he's going to influence the world to try to come against the Christians. But this is why it's so imperative that the church come together and pray. These are some dangerous times, people. These are some dangerous times. There's an evil culture that is growing and rising up slowly, coming against the church even today. And we must come together and pray. Look at verse 4. So when he had, he meaning Herod, had arrested him, Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of, of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So Peter was arrested, incarcerated, And was to be executed like James after the Passover. But here's what I want you to see. Because it appeared that Herod was in control of the situation. And Peter was as good as dead. And it was a hopeless situation for him. And he was powerless to do anything about his situation. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you were powerless to do anything. And you had no control of the situation. 
And it's a helpless feeling being in a situation like that. But James was already dead. Peter was in prison. He was facing death. From a human perspective, that appeared like a grim situation. But from a heavenly perspective, hallelujah, it's just another opportunity for God to display his infinite power. Now watch this. Because unknown to Herod and unknown to Peter, there was a very powerful force in motion. Look at verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was being offered to God for him by who? The church. And you can see, in spite of Herod's plans, God had other plans for Peter. See, Peter was being treated like a public enemy, number one. He was held in maximum security. He was waiting on death row, waiting for his death. <laughs> Glory to God. But here's the thing. While he was waiting for his death, the church was having a prayer meeting. So they were together in one accord with one purpose and one mind, and they were praying to God on Peter's behalf. This was a crisis situation. And the church got together to pray. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, so let me calm down here. But there is power when the church assembles together collectively, especially when there's a crisis and we call upon the church to come together to pray and to earnestly and fervently and be faith-filled prayer to change situations that are going on in our lives. Where there is much prayer, there is much power. Acts 12.5 says that the church prayed and continued praying until God responding to the prayers of the saints, sent an angel to rescue Peter from his chains and from 16 well-armed guards. <laughs> God sent an angel to rescue Peter from his incarceration. And as the church continued praying together and trying to figure out how God is going to work this out, God was already working it out. You know, it's like when we're together praying, you know, we try to figure out in our minds, how is God going to do this? It seemed like an impossible situation, but how is God going to do this? But we need not worry about how God is going to do it. We just need to go to God and pray and just trust that God knows what he's doing. But as they were figuring out what God was trying to do, God was already working it out. It's like Abraham. When God told him, I want you to offer up your son Isaac as an offering. It was a complete contradiction because not long ago, God promised that Isaac, that through Isaac, a great nation will come forth. Now God is telling him, contradicting his promise, saying, I want you to go kill your son and offer him up as a sacrifice. Abraham, as obedient as he was, brought, went up one side of the hill, bringing his son Isaac, trying to figure out how all this is going to play out. He knew what God promised, and he knew that God was not a man that he should lie. But nevertheless, God says, I want you to offer up your son as a sacrifice. So while Abraham was climbing one side of the mountain trying to figure out how God is going to do this, God was already providing a ram climbing up the other side of the mountain as his provision for what God has. So we need not try to figure out what God is doing or how God's going to do things. We just need to just trust that God is going to do it and he's going to work it out in his own way, in his own infinite power and wisdom. Because God has wisdom. Understand this, that God works all kinds of shifts. He works the night shift and he works the day shift. 
God is constantly working. I like what Psalm 121 and verse 4 says. It says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber or sleep. That word keep in the Hebrew is the word shamar, which means to watch over, to persevere, or to act as a bodyguard. God is always watching over us. He's on constant watch in every circumstances of our lives, constantly, every day. God never sleeps. So he's very much aware of what's going on in our lives, even when we think he doesn't. But God demonstrated here by his file through the praying church that God can take a detour. I mean, I'm sorry, God can take a, a dead end and turn it into a detour. God can take what seemed like the end of the road and turn it into a bend in the road. So don't go by what you see because what you see may seem like a dead end. It may seem like the end of the road. It may seem like it's hopeless. But God can turn those things around when the church prays together. Circumstances will change. Circumstances must change when we come together and pray. Look at verse 11 in Acts chapter 12. And when Peter had come to himself, and you see Peter at that point realized that this wasn't a dream. This was actually happening because he found himself outside the prison gates. He noticed that his chains were off of him. He noticed that there were no guards around him. And he was outside the prison gates. And at that point he realized, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. There are people out there that are expecting you to fail. There are people out there that are expecting you to fall on your face. There are people out there who are expecting you not to make it. But I'll tell you what, God had other plans. You can't worry about what people expect of you. You can only worry about what God has for you. Amen? And so it says, so when, in verse 12, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary and the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Isn't it interesting because the people who were coming together to pray, the church, were still praying not aware of the divine activity that was going on, but they continue to pray and not stop praying until they see that they saw the face of Peter. There's something to be said about continuing to pray until. When there's no until, you continue to pray. But there will be a time when until comes because until means that the answer has come. And they continued praying, not realizing not that, that God was already working and moving. And when Peter showed up, even at first, they couldn't believe it. Because that's what they were praying for. But they realized, and at that moment, they realized, wow, God had moved on their behalf. God had answered their prayer. God had heard their prayers. So it's interesting how Herod sent Peter to prison, but God sent Peter to a prayer meeting. Glory to God. So it's interesting because Herod all had all of these plans. It seemed like it's an impossible situation. It was out of Peter's control and it was a hopeless situation. He was powerless to do anything about his situation. But man, I'd say I thank God for a praying church. 
Every one of us is here as a result because of someone praying for you. And I thank God for that. Because where would we be had it not been for the prayers of the saints? Where would we be? Some of us would not, would not even be here on this earth alive. But thank God for prayer. Herod planned Peter's death, but God planned Peter's deliverance. Herod made Peter a captive. God made Peter a conqueror. So we have to, we may find ourselves in a situation where we are hopeless, where, where things, you know, uh, and I'm sure many of us have experienced this before. I know I have personally. And it's an awful place to be when you feel helpless and when you feel hopeless and there's nothing much you can do about anything. But we're at the mercy of God and that's when we throw ourselves before God and says, Lord, I cannot do this. And that's when God comes in and picks up the slack, picks up where we left off and provides us a strength that we didn't know we had. Give us hope that we didn't have before. Opening doors that weren't open before. Removing a dead end and creating a detour for us. This is what God does. But he does it because the saints come together to pray. But you know something? Even though we may be helpless in some situations, even though we may find ourselves in a situation that we have no control over and we feel powerless, and there's nothing that, that we can do physically, but know this, we are never powerless or helpless when it comes to spiritual things because we have prayer. There, as I said before, there is an evil culture that are rising up against us in this day and age. And they want to do us harm. They want to take away our freedom. They want to take away our privileges. They want to take our, our, our ability to bring the gospel. But the Bible says no, no weapon formed against us will prosper. doesn't matter what comes against us. And I like what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So my friends, it doesn't matter what's going on out there. It doesn't matter what kind of laws are being passed. It doesn't matter what bills are being presented to the Congress. We have a God that can supersede all of that. The early church came together with one purpose and in one accord, and that's to pray. And in this case, to pray specifically for Peter. So we have to come together, but believing that our prayers are going to bring some results. Otherwise, what's the purpose of coming together to pray? If you're not going to expect results. Every one of us can come together in the spirit and in the spirit of faith with the same goal and same purpose to bring change, to bring deliverance or whatever it is that we might be praying for. And God, and as I mentioned before, God will do some powerful stuff on our behalf as we pray collectively than God would do as we pray individually. There are some things that we need to come together to pray as a body and as a church where just praying by ourselves is not enough. And, you know, I've often heard Pastor John say this time and time again, that the way things are in this world, the way things are going, uh, it's going to be a point where all we have is each other. 
But that's all we need is each other. Because our faith joined together, combined together, and us coming together to pray becomes a mighty force. We're able to change circumstances in our lives and around the situation. So if you want to see the church become what God designed the church to be, then we must become a praying church. If we want to become the Holy Ghost headquarters for spiritual activity take place, then we must be a praying church. If we want to see continual growth in the church, then we must be what? A praying church. Because God through a praying church can take a one-way street and turn it into a superhighway. How many of you want to be a praying church tonight? Those of you watching live stream, you want to be a part of a praying church? Then join us tonight as we pray because we have much to pray about. Tonight we want to pray as the Bible tells us to pray and as we continue to pray for our elected leaders. We want to pray for their personal salvation. God only knows they need to be saved. We want to pray for God's influence and wisdom when making decisions on issues. We also want to pray for divine intervention to invade the White House and Congress. We also want to pray for the church to rise up in times like these. There's a controlling spirit in this world, especially in this country, that are trying to control what we do and what we believe. And we cannot let that happen. We cannot fall asleep at the wheel and allow that to happen. We want to pray because our free speech is under attack in this nation. Our ability, our freedom to, to, to express ourselves and, and, to, and to worship and to, to preach the gospel and to stand for what we believe, that's being challenged. We want to pray against those things. Unfortunately, there are many bills that are brought before the, the Congress right now, even as we speak, that can make our freedom of expression become subject to hate, uh, hate speech. You know, the things that we believe in will be turned into or interpreted as, as hate, hateful things, hateful words. And so this is the, the time that we live in. And it reminds me of the time when Peter was preaching and John were preaching the gospel and it was affecting and, and disturbing the religious leaders. And so they were arrested and they were told, or they were severely threatened and told not to preach the gospel. I believe that we're in the times where it may get to that. We're told not to preach the gospel because it's considered hate words or hate speech or hate doctrine. But I love what the Bible says, that in spite of the threats, Peter and John went to the church. They got together. They prayed. And the Bible says in Acts 4, verse 31, that when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what they did? They went out and, spoke and preached the word with boldness in spite of the threat. That's a powerful church. But are we willing to be the praying church? Are we willing to do what it takes to lay down our lives, no matter what the cost, to be a praying church together, to pray against these things, and to pray God's perfect will, and to pray for the power of God to prevail on our behalf? Because this is, this is the benefit that we have. This is our privilege. 
So let's do that tonight. We're also going to pray for our guest speaker coming up, which is Brian Sumner. We're going to pray for the power of God to be all over him. And then we're also going to, and what I'm going to do at the end is I'm going to release you to pray individually by yourselves. But I want you to pray for 10 leaders by name. They can be leaders of our nation, leaders in our, in our cities or our state or in our towns. But I want you to choose 10 by name and I want you to pray for them specifically and personally. Okay, that'll be at the end. So join me as we pray for our leaders. Father God, we thank you for taking the time to hear our prayers tonight. As we come together as a praying church, here they're in the sanctuary and those that are joining us by live stream, we are together in spirit. Father, we thank you. As we come together, we pray for our leaders. Father, we continue to lift them up to you. And we pray, Father God, first and foremost for their salvation. We pray, Father God, from the president to the vice president and all the Congress members and all the uh, uh, cabinet members and all the, the uh, everyone that's involved in the White House, Father God, we pray. Everyone who is in power, everyone has power to make decisions that affects us. Father, we pray for their salvation. We pray that they'll come to know you in a personal way. We pray they'll come to a, a Damascus Road experience. Father God, that they'll have an intervention with you. Father, we pray, Father God, that you'll begin to turn their hearts. Lord, to make the right decisions, to make the right call. Father God, to set the right laws, Father God, that's going to benefit us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you give them wisdom, godly wisdom. And Father, you surround them with godly people, Lord God, that will instill in them wisdom and direction that come from you. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you influence them with wisdom, godly wisdom, Father God. Everything that they do in office, in their positions. And Father, we pray, Father God, as you begin to lead them and guide them by your spirit. Father, we pray that they'll open up their hearts to receive you, Lord God. That they'll open up their hearts and come to know you as the real God, the one and only true God. Father, that they'll have a Holy Ghost experience. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray for our president. Father, we pray for good health. We pray, Father God, for a sound mind. We pray, Father God, you begin to give him direction, Father God. Father, that he'll be able to make decisions, Lord God, that, that may be contrary to those that are... Uh, to, to the, uh, others' agendas, Father God. But whatever decision he makes, Father God, it will be a godly agenda. We pray, Father God, that he'll not be afraid to, to go against uh, the, uh, those, Lord God, that, that want to try to control him. Lord, they want to try to, to tell him what to do and what not to do and what laws to pass and what laws not to pass, Father God. We pray that he'll become his own man. And make the right decisions with a good conscience, Lord God. But a decision that is directed by you. A decision, Father, that, Lord God, that is led by your spirit. And Father, that he'll, whatever he does, it will be with a godly conscience. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you bring a conviction in his heart to do what is right. To do what is godly. To do what is holy. And Father, I pray that it will also affect our Vice President Harris. Father, that she'll also come to know you in a personal way. And Father God, that they'll not serve you in a way that is religious. But Father, they'll serve you with their spirit and with truth. Hallelujah. 
Father, we bind that spirit of religion that is in our nation, Lord God, that might be influencing our government, Lord God, and those that are serving in our governments, Father, and we pray for the Holy Ghost revival to come forth and sweep through Congress and sweep through our White House and sweep through, Lord God, our, our city officials and, and our state officials, Lord God. Father, let the Holy Ghost affect everyone that is in power, Lord God. Our leaders, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, hallelujah, that you'll open up their eyes and allow them to see what you see. And fill their hearts, Lord God, with love and compassion and, and concern for the people that they serve. Father, I pray that they'll serve you, Lord God, with a good conscience. That they'll serve their country with a good conscience. That they'll serve the people that have elected them, Father God, with a good and godly conscience, O God. We continue to pray, Lord God, and give them strength. Help them, Lord God, to make tough decisions. Guide them and direct them, Father, and order their steps, O Lord. Father God, dominate their lives, dominate their thinking, dominate, Father God, every area of their lives, Father God. And that whatever they do, Lord, they'll bring glory and honor to your name. Let this country be the nation that it was supposed to be, a nation under God, under your supervision, under your glory, under your grace. Hallelujah. Father, we pray. And we cannot pray enough. We want to pray for our leaders, to keep them strong, to protect them, Father God. But most important of all, Lord God, that they'll come to know you in a personal way. We want to pray for them, Father God, because... We know what the end will be if they don't serve you, if they don't give their lives to you, Father. So, Lord, we want to save them from hellfire and from eternal punishment. And, Lord, that they may enjoy the blessings of eternal life. And so, Father, I pray that they'll come to know the significance of Jesus dying on the cross. May they come to know, Lord God, that he came to forgive them of their sins, to wipe away the sins from their lives, Father God, and make them children of God. Father, let them know and let them come to a revelation, Lord God. And we pray this, Father, for every leader, Lord God, in our state, city, towns, and our nation. Hallelujah. We pray, Father God, for the church to rise up. To come together to pray, Lord God, together as one body. To pray against the evil, Lord God, that is trying to come against us. Evil that's trying to rob our, our freedom, Lord God, to, to worship, our freedom of speech, Lord God. Father, that wants to alter the First Amendment, Father God. We pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that you come against this evil culture that is rising up against us. This darkness, Father God, is trying to end the, the movement of Christianity, Lord God, in this country. And Father, hallelujah, no matter what the persecution the early church faced, that did not stop the spread of the gospel. And the, the, the church continued to grow and develop. And the Bible says that your word prevailed, hallelujah. And Father, we pray for your word to prevail in this country. We pray for the gospel to go forth and become the power of God unto salvation. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that the church will rise up and be the ones in the forefront by, standing, uh, by kneeling on their knees, Father God, and praying and standing in the gap and praying against these things, Father God. Father, let us not be fearful. Let us not fall back, Lord God. Let us not 
Be afraid, Lord God, but let us stand up and be bold in our conviction. Be bold with the gospel. Be bold by claiming the name of Jesus as Lord. Hallelujah. So that the world may know that we have a relationship with God. That the world may know, Father God, that there is a God. Father, we pray that the church will be strong, will rise up, Father God. Lord God, that we stop being lazy, but stand up and begin to pray. Stand up, Lord God, and become a witness. Stand up, Lord God, and become bold. Stand up, Lord God, and be an influence wherever we are. And Father, we pray for the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us and to order our steps and to help us to be bold, Lord God, in in, in our beliefs and in our conviction, Father God, so that we'll be not ashamed of the gospel and not ashamed to proclaim Jesus as Lord. Father God, let us not be afraid of ridicule. Let us not be afraid of being um, persecuted. Let us not be afraid, Father God, of any of these things because that's what the devil wants. He wants us to hide behind our Bibles. He wants us to hide within our church. But Father God, let us rise up and let us, take, let us be noticed, Lord God. Let the light shine forth through us, Father God, and let the world know that, hey, we are a force to be reckoned with. Glory to God. And Father, wherever we go, Father, use us to be an influence, those around us. Father God, we pray, Lord God, because we believe that every soul has a void, Lord God, that needs you and crave for you, Father God. And we pray that you'll use the church to bring forth this revelation and understanding, Father God, to help fill that void, Lord God, by inviting them to you. And, Lord, that they'll open up their hearts. But, Father, we pray to protect the church. Put a covering over us, Father God, and protect us from the onslaught. Protect us, Father God, from the attacks. Protect us, Father God, from the threats that are out there against the church today. And Father, let us prevail against the evil. Let us have victory, Lord God. Whatever the devil meant for us, Father God, we know that you meant for us for good. You know, Father God, that that you have made us to be conquerors, Lord God. Hallelujah. Your word says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And Lord, we thank you that no matter what comes against us, Lord God, you are on our side. Who can be against us when you are on our side? Hallelujah. But Father, we pray for the church to awaken, to wake up unto righteousness, to wake up and fulfill their duties, fulfill their spiritual duties, fulfill their spiritual responsibility to be a witness, a living witness. Let us come out of our closets, Lord God, and let's be bold and let them know who the Lord Jesus is. Let him see the Lord Jesus in us through our lifestyle, through our words, Lord God, through our actions. Father, strengthen the church today. Awaken the church, Lord God. Raise them up, Father God, above these evil times. Let us stand, Father God, and let us us do all to stand, no matter what comes against us, Father. And let the church be victorious, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. These are evil times, but Lord, hallelujah, you're on our side. These are evil times, Lord, but you are standing beside us. These are evil times, Lord, and the threat is out there. Father, we have nothing to fear because you are with us. And Lord, we thank you 
for being with the church. We thank you for revealing yourself through us, Lord God, for manifesting your power, manifesting your glory upon the church, Lord God. Let the church be a mighty force. Let the church, Lord, let the people know that the church is here to stay and that we will not be moved by any circumstances, by any laws, by any bills that are passed. We will not be moved. We will stand for who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for preserving our, our freedom to speak, our freedom to believe and, and walk out our faith, Lord God, and live out our faith. We thank you for protecting us, Lord God, under the First Amendment, Lord God. Even though the First Amendment is a man-made law. But Father, we are protected by you, O oh God. We are under your protection. And Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Let's just take the time just to praise him tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship and praise you, Father. We honor you tonight, O oh God. Hallelujah. We thank you for hearing our prayers tonight. We thank you, Father God, for honoring our prayers. We thank you, Father God, for, for being with us, Lord God, and, and fighting with us, Lord God, and, and, and comforting us, Lord, in times of need, Lord God, and strengthening us when we're weak, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us wisdom, Lord God, when we don't know what to do. Thank you for providing hope in hopeless situations. Thank you, Father God, for being in control when we're not in control. Thank you, Lord, for being with us and guiding us and leading us, Father, by your Spirit. Thank you for letting us know that you're there and letting us feel your presence and your power, Lord God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Father. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for victory, O oh God. Thank you that the church is victorious. Thank you, Father God, that the church is protected. Thank you, Father God, that the church, hallelujah, has a purpose. Thank you for fulfilling your will and purpose and your power through the church. Thank you, Lord God, that the church will rise up and come together to pray constantly and continuously, Lord God. That prayer is not a routine, but prayer, Father God, is a spiritual activity, a necessity. Hallelujah. Especially during these times, oh God. Father, make us become prayer warriors. Turn us into prayer warriors. Transform us into prayer warriors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Increase our prayer life, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We praise your wonderful name. We glorify your wonderful name. We exalt your name, O God. We extol you, O Lord. We magnify you, O God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the mighty name of Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus. That name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That name has power. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, we pray for our guest speaker this Sunday. We pray, Father God, that as we wait for him to come, Lord, that you are preparing his heart, that you are preparing his spirit, man. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are inspiring him with a powerful message. Father, that through him you'll speak forth a powerful message for for the saints, Lord God. And we pray, Father God, that as you're preparing his heart and his spirit, that you're also preparing us, Lord God, as we become ready to receive. Lord, I pray that you'll use him as a messenger with a powerful, timely word for each and every one of us, Lord God. Father, a word that's going to alter our lives, a word that's going to change our situation, a word that's going to build us up and build us our faith, Lord God, Uh, a word that's going to draw us closer to you, a word that's going to reveal your power and your grace, Lord God. Father, use the man of God with a powerful message. Father God, use him as a vessel, Lord God, to bring forth your word by your spirit. Let there be power, Lord God, in his words. Let, it not, let there be no room for human error. Let there be no room for human wisdom. But Lord, let it be all you. Let him come filled with power-packed word, O oh God. Hallelujah. As you bring your anointing upon him. He is your vessel, a special messenger, Lord God, for us. For this time and season, Lord God. A timely word that we need to hear from you, Lord God. As you begin to reveal yourself, your will and your purpose, Father God. And Lord, even though we have different needs and even though we have different situations or find ourselves in different circumstances, Father, you have a powerful word for each and every one of us. No matter what our circumstances may be, no matter where our spiritual status may be, Lord God, you have a word for us. And Lord, we're waiting with anticipation and expecting to receive, Father God, a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what we want. This is what we crave for, Lord God. This is what we desire, a word from you. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to bring that word through this man of God, through this messenger of the gospel. And Lord, we thank you, anointing him and preparing him and shaping him, Father God, and inspiring him with words that will bring life into our hearts and into our spirit, man. Father, we thank you. Of the words that will be spoken this Sunday, Lord God, will bring deliverance, will bring strength, will provide hope, will give peace, will give us clear direction and clarity, Father God, will help reveal your will and purpose, Father God, will give us strength, Lord God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that the word will open up our eyes, that you cause us to see things, Lord God, that we've never seen before. Father, that it's going to change lives, change hearts, change minds, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, that your word will be a transforming power. That your word will be alive. Hallelujah. That your word will be like a piercing sword, a two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Cutting deep. Hallelujah. And reaching deep into our hearts. Deep into what we need, Lord God, where we need it. And Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we come expecting. Open up the hearts of your people. Let them come with a ready mind and a ready spirit, O God. And Lord, let us leave not the same, but let us leave changed upon hearing your word. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that the Holy Ghost will be sweeping this area, sweeping this very room, 
and reaching out those, Father God, who are watching by live stream, Lord God, touching them as well. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, you know no distance. Hallelujah. You can reach anyone from anywhere. And, Lord, we thank you. You're such a wonderful God, such a sovereign God, such a mighty and powerful God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing the service. Thank you for making it a powerful and mighty service, O oh God. Hallelujah. And Lord, we are just looking forward to hearing from you this weekend. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you in advance for a mighty, mighty service, O oh God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At this time, I want to release you to go and pray for 10 leaders. And I want you to pray, by, pray them by name. Whomever they may be, you may know them. And again, it could be a state leader. It could be a leader from your city or town. It can be a national leader, whatever it may be. Whoever God puts in your heart. But I want you to choose 10 by name. So at this time, I want you to do that right now. Well, before we release you and end the service, one thing I'd like to do, those of you watching, those of you here tonight, if you've never given your life to the Lord, this is the time to receive Him. We are living in, 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 in evil times. And if there's ever a time where you need the Lord Jesus and you need God on your side, this is it. And it just takes a simple prayer. Because all it requires is you believing that Jesus died for you. And if you believe that He died for you and that He carried your sins upon the cross and that He was raised from the dead, proving that He's forgiven you of your sins, then the Bible says you shall be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Those of you who are here tonight, if you've never given your life to the Lord, and those that are watching, I want you to just say these simple words, and I want you to mean them with all your heart. Okay, so I want you all eyes closed and just repeat after me. and Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and in my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe with all my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you was raised from the dead and now seated at your right hand. And Lord, I thank you for saving me and making me new, giving me a new life, a new hope, new meaning, and new purpose. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And Lord, because of this, I stand clean before you. And I thank you for a new life. Thank you for receiving me and calling me your son or your daughter. I am saved and I will serve you all the days of my life. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said those prayers, you are now a child of God and you're a member of God's family. And uh, let me ask you, and those who are here, if, if, if you've given your life to the Lord, please can, come and see me at the end of service and I'll be glad to uh, give you some materials and talk with you and pray with you. 
those who are watching by live stream, let me encourage you to call the office at 508-336-4110. Someone will be there to talk to you, give you some materials to send to you as well. And if you need prayer, you can always ask for prayer. There will be somebody be available to pray for you. Okay? So thank you for making that prayer. And thank you for being a part of our church family. But more importantly, being part of God's family. So again, please call. And again, so while we're in the spirit of worship, this is a time that we worship the Lord with His tithes and our offerings. And of course, there are many ways that you can do that. You can certainly do that by text, by texting 77977. The keyword Faith C Center. You can also send it by, by mail at 95 Sagamore Road at Seekong, Mass. 02770. And also you can simply uh, pay by online just by go to a, a faithccenter.com. And all the information is there right there. And you can just simply go in the back and fill out an envelope and place your tithes and offerings in the basket as well. So let's join me as, as we pray and honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings. Father God, we thank you, Lord, as we bring in the tithes and offerings into your storehouse. We bring it to you, Father God, to bless you. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, that we have the ability to give what's yours. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we don't miss a beat when we bring in the tithes and offerings to you because you promised to take care of us and to meet all of our needs. But Lord, we don't do that because we want our needs met. We do this because we love you and we honor you. And we want to give what's yours. And so, Lord, we thank you. And, Lord, we thank you for honoring and blessing our giving as you open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon us that we'll not have room enough to receive according to your word and according to your promise. And, Lord, for this we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen and amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. Those of you watching, thank you for joining us. At this time, we're going to end the service with a praise worship. Praise Hallelujah. Us. Would you stand with us? And we're going to go ahead and sing it again. My chains are gone. Hallelujah. Are you glad about it? Come on, let's sing. My chains are gone.